like the Warriors have the football. An unbelievable start. Handoff is to Pellerin. Bowls his way in to the goal line. Play action. Complete to Lamb. Now Tyrell Ford's got some room. Watch out for Tyrell Ford. Touchdown, Warriors. Get used to it. Welcome back to the Waterloo Warriors Armchair Quarterback Podcast. I am your host, Lukey Boy Balch, real quarterback, turned into chilling in the armchair, armchair quarterback. All right, unfortunately, this is our season finale. Waterloo's coming off a 51-24 loss to Western in the quarterfinal game. Uh, last week, and you know what? We took a week off to really digest that loss, uh, but we really wanted to give you a season finale here, a uh, specials podcast episode where we're just going to interview the head coach, Chris Bertoya. We're going to talk about that quarterfinal loss. Also going to get into um, yeah some of the graduating players and uh, reflections on the season, and then what's next? We are looking forward to to the off season here and, and re rebooting and making it happen so um let's uh let's get after it all right as always the super quick recap will be our first segment waterloo versus western what a start for the boys gordon llama 32 yard pass from trey ford going up seven nothing on western then we had a 32 yard field goal 10 nothing waterloo in the first quarter western had a touchdown and then another touchdown, and it was 14-10. But Nick Sue had a four-yard touchdown run, 17-14, Waterloo after one quarter. Western had a touchdown and a safety to go up 23-17. Waterloo had a touchdown pass for James Basaglia from Trey Ford, 24-23, Waterloo. Western added a bunch of points, and it was 51-24 final. All right, looking at the stats from the game, uh, we had Trey Ford uh, passing for 305 yards and two touchdowns. Leading the way in the ground, we had Nick Sua, uh, 13 carries for 69 yards and that touchdown. Uh, receiving, we had Gordon Long with five grabs for 106 yards and a touchdown. James Basegli also had five grabs. He had 80 yards and a touchdown. On defense, we had our main man, Michael Reed, lead the way with seven and a half tackles. Uh, Andy Mello also had seven tackles from the safety position. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives. All right, I'm here with head coach Chris Pertoya for our season finale interview. Coach, appreciate uh, you coming on again. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me on. Uh, obviously, listen to uh, all the different podcasts week to week and, and just want to thank you for your time and energy put towards the armchair quarterback and and obviously, we're going to carry this on in a different uh, different realm during the offseason so it doesn't go completely uh, uh, silent. But uh, just want to thank you for your time and, and energy and, and passion for Warrior football. I appreciate that. It's uh, It's been great. It's, um, you know, week to week, having, uh, getting those players on and listening to them and, and the coaches. It, it's been super fun. So appreciate that. Uh, all right, Coach, let's uh, let's start with that quarterfinal game. Um, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast a week late, so we can really digest what happened. Um, but, you know, to start, our game plan going in, uh, as as dictated by yourself and others, was was to weather the storm and have a much better start to, than the first time we played them. And you know what? We did that. Um, how pleased were you with that first quarter we put together? We were up 17-14 in the first. Um, what was your mindset there, um, you know, after that first quarter? 
Oh, I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, knowing the game is 60 minutes long and we're, our, our opponents, Western, um, obviously being on that opposite sideline in, in, you know, years and years ago, I know, I know that that team had no quit. So certainly, uh, you know, we were happy with our game plan offensively, defensively and special teams wise. Um, we, we got off the bus. We got off to a fast start, um, you know. You know, up 17-14 at, at the end of the first quarter. Uh, if you told me that on Thursday night, uh, I would have been pleased. Um, you know, the way it got to 17-14, not necessarily pleased. Uh, you can't turn the ball over inside your own 18-yard line twice uh, against uh, anybody, let alone Western. Um, so, obviously, being up, um, it showed some resiliency from the guys. Uh, you know, being up 10 nothing, then Western had two quick scores with short fields. And and then we were able to answer and make it 17-14, which, you know, for me, ended the quarter feeling very positive and, and good that we responded in that way. So overall, absolutely pleased, you know, with the way things were at the end of the first quarter. Um, but, you know, should have been in a different place, whether it be 10-0, 17-0, who knows? I mean, obviously, the game's full of ebbs and flows. But uh, overall, uh, you know, happy our guys uh, were we're into the game early. We got off the bus, and uh, we certainly punched them in the mouth early. Yeah, we went to halftime. I believe the score was uh, thir- twenty-seven, uh, or sorry, twenty-four thirty-seven. Um, so obviously, you know, the game was close, and no loss of scores. And um, you know, what was the message at halftime uh, to the boys? Well, you know, the message at halftime. Obviously, the late score um, with you know under thirty seconds left there, and. They Western, uh, you know, used the the old JFK uh, with number 88. You know, after he made a catch, he wasn't hit, you know, in anything anything other than a normal football play. And jogs off the field and five yards from the sideline, takes the knee, and uh, you know, subsequently, uh, I don't believe Western had any timeouts remaining. Uh, that stopped the clock, and there's no penalty for that. And uh, that's something certainly I'll be advocating to address in the off season. Uh, we don't do that really. Um, and I know lots of teams have done it and I've been part of coaching staffs that have done it, but you know, that at the end of the day, we shouldn't have got scored on. That's, that's the, the, the answer, um, to them scoring a touchdown. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, in amateur football, they run the clock down for doing that, uh, so on and so forth. So that gave them an opportunity, um, finding that loophole, um, to score, but ultimately we should have stopped them because then, you know, you're looking at a 30 to 24 halftime score, six uh, less than a you know a converted touchdown, and you're 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 on top again. Um, and then you know sometimes that that late score you know is a deflating uh, you know it, it's deflating going into the half, especially when you've had a very good half of football against a very very good football team. Um, so you know halftime speech was really um, there was no no big speech. Uh, it was more about us making some adjustments um, on offense and defense, um, subtle adjustments, more sticking to the game plan um, and, and understanding that we had 30 minutes of football. And even though it was a 13-point lead, which is two scores, and, and that's a you know going into that game, the number one defense in the OUA, um, we still felt that we were moving the ball um, and then we – and we were able we're going to be able to score touchdowns and and that was important to us obviously to 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 get back into the game but you know there's no 13 point play so we had to do it one play at a time uh, one drive at a time and and uh, that was kind of the message um i think the the fellas had some confidence even though we were down by 13 um 
and and you know so we went out there and then we just wanted to give them 30 minutes of hell and uh obviously it didn't work out that way yeah i mean it was a bit of a disappointment at, uh in the second half obviously um with the 51 24 loss and, and getting shut out but you know i think from from a fan standpoint and, and people i've talked to they you know the the battle in, in the first half at least was just you know showed that we're, we're right there we're, we're pretty close to the big boys western who, who've obviously uh, made it on to the eights cup um beating guelph uh this weekend so let, let's move past that game um and talk about the season as a whole though uh you know about two or so months ago when when the podcast started we had the season preview we had you on and, and the expectation that we talked about you know was obviously a championship um, what, what was your overall impressions uh, now that we've we've been about a week removed from the playoff loss and, and you're starting to get in that offseason mode? And if you reflect back, what do you, what's your thoughts? Well, you reflect back and, and you know, you you think about, uh, you know, those high expectations, um, you know, as, a, as the head coach and I'm sure the rest of our coaching staff, um, even players, uh, you know, we, we want to look back and, and do some self-reflection, um, self-evaluation. Uh, obviously we didn't achieve the goal we wanted to, and that was win a championship. And, and, um, you know, I had some people in other media sources question whether, you know, my promotion of the high expectations and setting those goals, um, were those attainable goals. And, and I certainly will stand by those, those preseason, um, the, the value and, and the belief that I have in, in the players and coaches in our football program, the talent that we had on the roster, um, I believe that those expectations were realistic and um, the season has so many different ups and downs in it. Obviously this COVID year and, and, and everybody went through it. Every football team in the OUA West and the OUA East and in, in Canada uh, went through it and in the restrictions with COVID and not being able to be in the locker room and, and all these different variables. Um, we all went through it. But when you go, you know, you start 2-0 and, and and things are rolling pretty well. And then, you know, we went down to McMaster and, and even that game, you reflect back on it and our bus situation and stuff. But you can't cry in your beer. But at the end of the day, we didn't get off the bus that, that game. And then we subsequently lose three games in a row. And when when your inability to get together as a team be in the locker room as, as I'm sure a lot of the alumni and, and other people that listen to this podcast who, who have been a part of teams, but in specific football teams understand that, you know, the best times of your life are, are in that locker room, that safe zone. And that's where you build the camaraderie. And, and, and I think the three losses in a row really tested our team. And um, really, you know, we got to a point where we had to uh, really come together. And before that final regular season game, um, we had a meeting with with the, some of the coaches and our fourth to sixth year players. Um, never say that again, I guess. But uh, our fourth to sixth year players, and uh, basically, you know, obviously, I pointed the thumb at myself for some of some of my mistakes that 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 I had done. Um, specifically, you know, holding everybody to a higher standard of accountability, including myself. Um, and then it opened the floor to, to a great discussion. And I'm not going to go into details what was discussed between the veterans, but there was certainly, um, it was an open forum. And it was great to see the guys get stuff off their chest and, and talk through this. Because in 2019, at the end of the season in our year-end meetings, we you know that was one of the things that we were super excited about the 2020 season was that every our feedback was that 
you know, first time in a long time, the locker room, you know, whether it be DBs and O-line chumming together, it didn't matter. Like we were a team now and, and, and COVID took that away from us. And, and it's, it's like I said, it took it away from a lot of teams. But um, when, when you lose three in a row, um, it's, it's, it's a little more difficult and, and, you know, um, just, so that was a big piece and having that discussion and, and making a decision to empower each other, to practice with, with more competitiveness, um, you know, to be positive, positivity is contagious and I'll keep preaching that this off season. Um, and, and, you know, it's not offense versus defense. It's, it's the black and gold, the team. And, and so what I take from the season is that, um, you know, we didn't achieve what we set out to do. Um, players, coaches, everybody who wanted to is part of this program, the 2021 team. Um, we're disappointed. We're still disappointed. Um, we're going to be disappointed until we get to strap them back up again. And and, and we're certainly going to be disappointed for um, – I'm more disappointed for the guys that don't get to wear the black and gold anymore. But I'm very proud of, of the last two weeks of, of our season, the six practices we had, the game against Laurier uh, with our alumni there in the alumni tent, and and then you know the effort we put forth, even though it was 51 to 24, the final score, you know our guys battled to the bitter end. 60 minutes, they played football, they strapped it up, they went went out there with pride, and every single player that dressed on Saturday can can look in the mirror and have no regrets, you know. And 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 we got banged up a bit on defense to the point that you know you got sixth year center uh, Greg Brand playing nose tackle and and. Uh, you know, just efforts like that um, where guys were just willing to do whatever they could to to give us an opportunity to compete and win. And, and so I'm really proud of the attitude the guys had in the final two weeks and the commitment they made to each other to being great teammates. And it, it was a lot of fun. And so that's, you know, you, you can reflect certainly and you have to reflect on every aspect of the season, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um but right now, what I'm reflecting on is, is you know, how our team came together in the last two weeks of, of the season and and, uh, and how they became a, a team again. And, and we formed that chemistry and that bond. And what we need to do is carry that forward. Yeah, that's great, Coach. I think that's a pretty good synopsis in, in the peaks and valleys of a season. And, you know, unfortunately, with, with six games, you know, having a, a little valley there of a three-game slide, it just, it just made a huge impact. But... Uh, you, you noticed it. You noticed the difference in that that second Laurier game. That the fire, the passion was was there, and and the guys were flying around, and, and it was great. And and it obviously went into that first half of Western, and then just a little a little not enough at the end. So, let's let's move to talk, Coach, to to talk Trey Ford for a second. Um, obviously he had a great year. Just to, you know, do you think that he's going to be able to to capture that that second OUA MVP award? Um, do you like his chances this year? Yeah, you know, obviously. If you look at what he did and, and just break it down to yards per game, be it his rushing and his, you know, passing, um, you know, 350 yards a game he's accountable for. Um, you know, I certainly, you know, it was an enviable position when Trey went down against Guelph in the, in the second series there in the third quarter. And our freshman 18-year-older out of Calgary, St. Francis, Nolan Command comes into that scenario and, it's not a great scenario to come into and and you just see the value obviously uh, we think Nolan's going to be outstanding but uh the value of Trey is is you know it's it's immeasurable um to our team and certainly uh he's a generational talent I know that gets slung around a lot but uh shoot just some of the stuff he does on the field is uh 
is amazing, and and uh, you know I fully expect him to to go and and, and break break some norms uh, next year and, and make a CFL club or an NFL club for that matter. Who knows? Um, he's certainly got all the ability in the world, and and uh, man, he had a fantastic year, and and I don't see how he's not the OUA MVP. Um, but uh, stranger things have happened. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll we'll wait and see and. Um, and then obviously if he, if he does win the award, then he goes on to, to you know, to, to compete for the, the Heck Crichton Award as well, which would be interesting. Um, you know, I, I've had some people reach out and ask me personally that, you know, Trey obviously was in his fifth year, but it was his only his fourth year of eligibility, um, that being with the, with the COVID year lost. Um, he is going into the CFL draft. Um, do you have a sense on, are you expecting to, to move on, um, you know, from Trey and even his brother Tyrell there, or is there a whole or sense that he might come back and use that last year of eligibility? What's that look like? Well, um, I think, yeah, you're correct. Uh, both Trey and Tyrell have a year of eligibility remaining. Um, both of them are obviously going into the CFL draft. Um, you know, both of them are now going to f- turn their focus to training and preparation for the CFL combine and any other opportunities that might present themselves. Um, there's there's some conversations uh, about, you know, college college bowl games down south to get an opportunity to, to compete against some of those guys and compare themselves to them, which I think they'll do fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, do we want to move forward? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but we have to move forward believing that both Trey and Tyrell um, they're competitive. I believe that, you know, they're both going to be graduating this spring, which, which I'm super proud of both of those guys for. Um, and, uh, you know, the expectation is that they're moving on and, and moving on in their next step of their, their football journey. And that's to be professional athletes. And and I certainly hope, uh, you know, Tyrell gets a great opportunity and I hope that Trey gets a great opportunity to, you know, to both, uh, you know, complete their dream and be professional athletes. Um, you know, that being said, they have a year of year of eligibility left. Um, they're so competitive and so they're going to prepare so hard that, I don't see any. Uh, I don't see any world where they're back um, at Waterloo, but you know, uh, I guess I used this phrase phrase before. Stranger things have happened, so I don't know. Uh, but we we have to, as a football program, prepare for life without the Ford boys, um, and we will do that. And we have hit the ground running recruiting, and uh, obviously they're going to be uh, very very difficult to to replace. Um, you know, those guys are both going to be. Um, warrior legends warrior ring of honor members down the road uh, you name it uh, two special athletes and uh, we're gonna certainly miss them but yeah i don't i don't i don't see uh see a place where they're back here in the black and gold next year yeah i mean that's i think what uh, what's most of us thought but um you know i had to ask the question and, and maybe keep the hope alive a little bit but uh, as you as you mentioned obviously we want what's best for them which is being a professional athlete because that's everybody's goal and, and so got to put that ahead of uh you know the warriors wants and needs at times um absolutely and, and so on a similar note coach uh, you know i think we had around you know a, a crazy high number like 27 26 27 players uh, for seniors day uh, when laurie laurie came to town some of them will be like we mentioned like, you know, trey and tyrell like that fifth year um, but only four years of eligibility are you going to sit down with them in exit meetings, those type of players, and, and just try to get a gauge on if they're going to come back, if they're, you know, what their sense is there? Um, how's yeah. That work for you guys? yeah, we, we, uh, we're certainly going to be sitting down with everybody, uh, and, and we do player exit interviews with every individual player on our roster. 
um, go over the strengths and weaknesses of, of their season, um, the positives, the negatives, the things they can work off in the offseason if they're returning. Um, obviously, see what the next steps are if they're not returning. Uh, but, yeah, certainly have uh, some hard conversations with with some players currently on the roster, but also have conversations with those guys that, that did walk on um, – the senior day against Laurier and you, you're correct. There was 27 of them and, and uh, you know, they can all leave. And, and obviously the intention is their students uh, first athletes, second um, first question is always going to be how's school going and, and where are we at from a graduation standpoint? And I think that's where the conversation goes from there. Um, and then obviously we have to gauge them as individuals and, and where we see them fitting in. Um, moving forward and and we know what their role is whether it's to be a starter and and continue to be a leader whether it's you know maybe there's someone coming up the pipe that's going to push them and there's nothing guaranteed i think just having open and honest conversations is important from both ends and that's what that exit interview is it's an open forum and we allow our players to to speak their mind as well and 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 let us know how they're feeling how they feel about their season um things that they think could have been done better, so on and so forth. I think it's important to to, to have that transparency. And, uh, yeah, so that, you know, those conversations are going to happen. And, and our goal is to have our exit interviews with each individual player done by December 1st. Obviously, there's some hiccups in the road. But uh, generally, if we, you know, if we can get 90% of those done um, before the start or to 100%, 90-100% done before they start exams, um, that's great because then – Obviously, that's going to give us some clarity from a moving forward standpoint and what we, you know, wants and needs at each position group, um, you know, where we're at from an AFA, that's the Athletic Financial Award scholarship standpoint, how much we can go out and offer, um, you know, all those those different variables come into play. And, and uh, so that's why we're having these exit interviews. And, and, uh, and you know, I'm sure there's, there's, there's going to be a handful of guys that are going to be up in the air and not necessarily able to make a decision um, right now. Uh, but we just need to know those those factors. Most of that being based on academics. You, you could potentially have a guy that's trying to apply to a master's program at another school. Uh, maybe he doesn't get in. If he doesn't get in, uh, you know, is he going to come back and take three courses and play his final year of eligibility, take those three courses, you know, try to get 85%, 90% of them to boost his overall average up so that he can get accepted into a master's. There's, there's like, you know, you work in, in the university world, Luke, so you know the different variables, but those are all the type of things that will come into play. Yeah, it sounds like, um, you know, first time in, in a long time or kind of since you've been there that um, a little more decision making and a little bit more um, shuffling the deck here with, with who's coming back is going to be happening this, um, you know, this off season And, and sometimes, uh, you know, that's good and sometimes it's bad, obviously, as well. So lots mm-hmm. of change um, coming up and it, it's going to be exciting to see um, how, the, how yeah. the squad is going forward. So, yeah, and we're not we're, we're going to, you know, when I got here, Luke, and obviously you were part of the staff, uh, it was the word. We used a lot was rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. We're not we're not using that word anymore. Now it's it's reload, reload. So that's Perfect. that's the mantra right now. Um, you know our goal moving forward is to not drop off as a football program. Um, our goal is to be in the playoffs each and every year, get to the dance, have an opportunity to compete for a championship, and and that's not going to change. And we're going to work tirelessly as coaches and as as the players that return. Um, to make sure that that uh, the guys that step out on the field next year are ready to rock. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, Coach, and, and 
obviously it's uh you know at the end of the day disappointing loss but but a pretty great season which you know like you, we we talked about during you know the, the uncertainty with covid and you know i think the season went out off with without a hitch in that regard and we got to watch OUA football again from a fan standpoint and obviously the players got to play um a game that they're passionate about so really appreciate your time and um yeah. you know, great job this year and um you know we'll, we'll talk soon all right thanks luke i do appreciate it and and you know just to finish with that covid piece the uh, Really proud of all the players and the coaches and the training staff and the university department and every protocol that was put into place and the peaks and valleys of that. Um, we were able to get through this season with guys in close contact, you know, sharing spit, not purposely, uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> without any uh, COVID cases. And, and, you know, to do that over an 11 week stretch, uh, really proud of everybody involved with Warrior Football in that regard. So, you know, we had a season and we got to play football again. It was great to be back on the field. Didn't get to accomplish what we wanted to, but uh, we lived to fight another day. And, and uh, you know, we're going to see some really great football players and, and legends in Warrior football move on. But uh, it's time for new guys to step up and then to, and look forward to 2022. All right. Thanks, Coach. See ya. Okay. Take care, Luke. Thanks. Well, that's all she wrote for the Waterloo Warriors Armchair Quarterback Podcast. The 2021 season, our second season doing this, and it was a great time. Uh, I had fun, and, and I, you know, appreciate everybody and all the listeners and all the great feedback that I've gotten and we've gotten for the podcast. But some good news, as Coach Pretoria hinted at during our interview, we are going to keep this trainer rolling into the off season. Uh, we'll be doing monthly podcasts starting in January. Uh, we're going to be interviewing some alumni. We'll talk base with some players in the offseason we'll get the coaches on for some recruiting updates when spring football comes around we'll talk some spring football cfl drafts uh, we got some great topics and so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to the podcast so you can see when a new episode pops up and you can keep in touch with us also want to give a special thanks to brennan conway uh, as you know he's, he's a coach on the on water the war staff and helps out with this podcast uh, and so thanks Conway for, for helping me out with it and uh, obviously the Warriors for, for letting me do this and, and, and taking time and, and having some fun with it. So that's it. And as always, until the next time, go Warriors go. Looks like the Warriors have the football. An unbelievable start. Handoff is to Pellerin. Bowls his way in to the goal line. Play action. Complete to Lamb. Now Tyrell Ford's got some room. Watch out for Tyrell Ford. Touchdown, Warriors. Get used to it.